We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness, that to secure these rights, governments powers from the consent of the governed, that whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it, and to institute new government laying its foundation on such principles and organizing its powers in such form as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness. Prudence, indeed, will dictate that governments long established should not be changed for light and transient causes, and accordingly to suffer, while evils are sufferable, than to right themselves by abolishing the forms to which they are accustomed. But when a long train of abuses and usurpations, pursuing invariably the same object evinces a design to reduce them under absolute despotism, it is their right, it is their duty, to throw off such government, and to provide new guards for their future security. You're tuning into the Constitutionalist with Donny Vidal. Don't be political property. Be free. Hey everybody, welcome. I'm hoping you guys can hear that nice and clear. You have to give me a favor. I was trying to do the app through the laptop, but it was moving super slow. So I'm going to have to just do it with my phone again. So does this sound clear? Can you let me know if it sounds clear enough in the, the live chat real quick for me, please? Get the thumbs up. We're good. Awesome. Hey, beloved. I'm so happy to see you, Renee, Baldy. I appreciate you guys. How this is going to work is I'm going to play her speeches. And in between each of her sections as she's discussing things, then we can have some of y'all come up and talk if you would like to talk about what she's talking about. So, but a lot of this stuff she's warning us, you can see it's going on here in America today. Uh, Darcy was supposed to be here. I'm not for sure where she's at quite yet, but when she gets here too, she'll be one of the speakers. So I'll go ahead and get this uh, speech going. Here we go. Hey, Mr. H, glad you can make it. Hey, hey. All right, here we go, you guys. One second before I go ahead and start. Oh, Mr. H, I was adding you. You fell back off. Maybe that was an accident. There you go. Hold on. Hey, Mr. H. Hello. Hi. How you doing, Donna? You know, I don't know how this is new to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I accidentally hit the wrong button just then. No, you're good. Uh, you're good. So, yeah. okay, real quick, um, before we get into the live thing, I, I know we want to talk about this Mississippi thing real quick. Uh, we, we can discuss that real quick, and it's important, too, because it, it will fall in line with what we're talking about, in a sense, with Kitty's speech. Mm -hmm. um, I actually um, emailed and called the sheriff of Tate County. I've contacted the congressman, the state the state Senate congressman that says they, uh, they're supporting um, the people of my land, my uh, rights. I talked to one of the leaders of that organization, what they're trying to do. Uh, we will be going down there May 2nd. Uh, we'll, we'll be there for the, the meeting at, on May 2nd and it's at 9 a.m., but we're going to plan on being there May 1st. Um, and hopefully maybe we can like organize some kind of tent cookout thing because it's out in the middle of nowhere. And I heard the hotel that's nearby isn't very nice. People might have to go to Soto County to get a hotel, but I think it might be kind of cool if we just like camped out out there with them and like we had a good time the night before and then go and do our thing. Uh, she said it sounded like a good idea too. So. Try and get the ball rolling. So I will be out there. I don't know if you'll be able to make it, Mr. H, or not. But, um, yeah, that's the update I had for you. 
Yeah, um, I'm, I'm planning on. I have a trip um, flight book to go there on Mother's Day, you know, to see my grandmother uh, is there. Uh, she actually lives in Tate County in uh, Coldwater. Uh, but, yeah, that's, I have a trip plan, plan to go there for Mother's Day, but I'll see what I can do if I can make it to the week before also that weekend. Okay. We're trying to get some folks together. I'll get the awareness out. And then I'm going to have the girls come on and do a show with us on here and do a face one. My hair is nappy, so I will have a hat on when I do it. So y'all oh, okay. have a heads up. <laughs> uh, who so, are going with you that I know of? I don't think you know who's going with me so far because this other organization I'm working with, they're not like they're not on Twitter. Oh, they're on here. Oh, okay. okay. No, but the, the, everyone else will find out. We'll see who all is going to go from our group. So. Okay. Well, yeah, right. happy we got to discuss that real quick. Yeah, so real quick, yeah. you guys, they're trying to take their land. Long story short, um, the people are, are not complying. They're standing up for their rights, and I'm proud of them. And then, you know, we as people is how we're, is how we're going to unite is standing with each other and uniting with the Constitution and fighting for our rights. So that's what we're trying to do over there in Tate County in Mississippi. So we'll go ahead and get to Kitty and listen to her. And I'm going to figure out what happened to my co-host, and we'll get the party rolling. Mr. H, I'm going to put you back in listeners for now, okay? All right. Thank you for inviting me here to your beautiful state of California. The media still claims that Hitler rolled into Austria with tanks and guns and took us over. Not true at all. The fact is that the Austrian people elected Hitler by 98% of the vote by means of the ballot box. Now, how could that happen? In a Christian nation, almost 100% Catholic, that they would elect a monster like Hitler. Hitler did not look like a monster. He did not act like a monster. He talked like an American politician. <laughs> the year was 1938. Austria was in a very, very deep depression. We had more than 30% unemployment. We had 25% inflation. And if you borrowed money from the bank, you paid 25% interest. That's why farmers were going broke. Businesses were going broke. They could not pay their mortgage or they could not pay their taxes. What was even worse, we had riots in our cities. We had whole blocks of the cities burned down and our law enforcement was almost helpless. They could not control the riots. The unions were calling for strikes and industry would close and factories would close up, hence all this unemployment. It was not unusual in my home that 30 people a day would knock on the door for a bowl of soup and a slice of bread. 
they could keep themselves alive by going door to door. There were no jobs. They were young people, college graduates, no jobs. The media told us that in Germany, where Hitler ruled since 1933, they had full employment, they had a high living standard, and everybody was driving the little beetle car, the Volkswagen. We did not hear a whisper that anybody was being persecuted or arrested. We only heard good things. And of course, we spoke the same language. We spoke German. We had the same culture. There was only a border between us, Austria and Germany, like South and North Dakota. And we said, why not? We, we would like to have the same high living standard what Germany had. And of all the things, jobs. People wanted to work. Austrian people are are not lazy. They want to work. So the Austrian people petitioned the government for a plebiscite, for an election. And, and hence the Austrian people elected Hitler by 98% of the vote. So we got a new government. National Socialism. I translate for you National Socialismus from the word National, the word Nazi derived. So we were getting a Nazi government. Nobody was elected anymore from the school board, the city commission, the county commission, legislature and governors. They were, they were all appointed. Well, we thought they would only pick the very best people to govern us, just like in Germany. We trusted them. We did not ask questions. So the first thing that happened, we had to carry national ID cards. You could not board a bus. You could not board a train without showing your national ID card. Don't ever let that happen here. Very bad idea. The next is a good spot to pause for a second and talk about some things that she had just addressed. I think it's important with that the national ID card when they're trying to push the vaccine passports, uh, the vaccine card to prove that you can go to a restaurant and eat. You want to be able to go to the anywhere with it, board a plane, all those things that they're trying to do to push that vaccine card. It sounds exactly like what they were trying to do, um, what Hitler has already done. Well, pushing that. And you see how she also discussed the media and how the media had a big um, part in what was going on and how people thought, oh, this is good because the media told them something that wasn't necessarily true. And people were excited because, you know, they wanted jobs. Oh, these are having jobs. And I think that here down here in a few, she'll talk about what those jobs were. But if any of you guys want to hop up for a second and speak on what you just heard, please do because it's, we have a little intermission where we talk about it a little bit and then we'll hop back into the the show. But while we see if anyone else wants to add anything, Darcy, did you want to add anything to what you've heard so far? Your mic is still muted. If you're trying to unmute your mic. 
Not for sure why her mic's not unmuting. Let's see. Okay. Well, I hope she figures out what's up with that mic. The mute button, just in case you forgot, it's in the bottom right-hand corner um, next to the emoji. So if it's not working, you might have to leave and come back or something. Um, no one else wants to speak on a little bit of what she's talking about, that warning she gave. If not, we're going to go ahead and keep rolling it. Keep listening to what she has to say. Next thing what happened, Hitler gave us free radios. Mm. So we could listen to him. He was a great orator. And then he nationalized the radio station. And we were warned if we would turn on a foreign radio station like British Broadcasting or Switzerland, death penalty. Nobody turned on a foreign radio station because you know what the what, what death, the death penalty meant. So the newspaper, before it hit the street, it was being censored by the government. So the only voice what we had was the government radio station and the government-controlled newspaper. So a lot of new things happened very quick. Hitler gave us equal rights. Oh, that sounded so very good. Equal Real quick, I see Baldy hopped up here. I want to say something, too. Um, for the most part, the government is what's feeding us stuff through these different news outlets that we have, radios. You see they're censoring where you can find your information, who you're getting information from. They're doing with the social media platforms. It's it's different to an extent, but that's, that's what they're doing here. So... If anyone has a different kind of um, article or news, oh, don't listen to them. They're, they're don't listen to them. That's propaganda news. They 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 scare people away from listening to that because they basically say they're they're lying. They're not credible sources. Our credible sources are uh, CNN, MSNBC, um, Fox. Those are the ones you guys can go to to get you know a cre uh, credible information. And if you think about it too, when you're in college, when you're citing your sources. Your professors may have told you, oh, you have to use credited sources. And now that I look back on it, I'm like, huh, I fell for that when I was in college. Well, how do you deem a, a, a source cre a, a credible or not? Now that I think about it. So, um, Baldy, did you want to add anything real quick about what we have just heard before we uh, keep it rolling? Yeah. Basically, uh, this sounds like Nazi Germany. Everything she's saying is fitting right now. This would be a total violation not only of the Nuremberg laws to, for the for the medication, but at the same time, the national card like you compared it to the vaccine passport and all that nonsense, and then what you what you mentioned regarding the propagandization on their part, we'll tell you the truth. It sounds exactly like uh, New Zealand Prime Minister that woman Zoolander, I forgot her name, where she said you you could rely on the government. We're the ones to tell you the truth. That sounds like a modern-day female version of Joseph Goebbels, who was in, who was in control of the propaganda in, in Nazi Germany. That's horrible. What, what this lady is telling you, if you were to put just just take the national ID card, like you said, vaccine uh, vaccine passport, 
You're not able to shop. You're not able to get on the bus. You're not able to, to, to buy. That, that's basically a precursor to the mark of the beast of the book of Revelation. That is the mark of the beast right there. And, of course, you're a patriot if you're a nationalist, if you're for the party. The party slipped in. Didn't she say that there was, like, a plebiscite and people were not able to vote in, like, before? So who came into power? Yeah, so think about that, Baldi. So when she said all these people were appointed, they weren't elected, think about this. We have that right now with these unelected bureaucracies. We have these different um, government agencies, and they put people in, in those powers. They have powers to make laws. This is not constitutional. They're not supposed to be doing that. They have power to arrest you. They have their own agencies. And so we have people that are in power in this country already who are not elected officials, just like what she's just describing here. Let me. Can I add? Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. What I want to say here in California, they, they were, I don't know if you noticed this week, they had a couple of protests at the Capitol. One of them was abortion bill, 28 days after gestation, what they call the perinatal period which is anywhere from 28 days after to 45, I think is what they call it, which is disgusting. That's just an excuse to kill a child. That's part of the Nazism right there in California. I have to call it what it is. The other bill was basically they didn't want to, they, they turned down the bill to, to amend Proposition 47, which the reason is why we have a high rise in crime, not only because of district attorneys like in LA County, Gascon, the controversial one, but we have all these laws that are pe being implemented or attempting to be implemented to 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 make crime easier, to allow all these hoodlums to run and do their crime. And and the police are powerless because if they're not at least uh, um, $900 worth of, of stolen goods, they can't be prosecuted. And then by the time they get to the to the hands of the DA's office, they're not prosecuted because of the leniency of the laws. All in the name of 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 uh, basically socialism. They want to cover it under social program, straight off socialism. That's what it is. Other bills that were coming into play also had to do with the vaccine passport. Also had to do with the uh, controlling of medical doctors, quote unquote misinformation. You see, everything on the right is misinformation. Everything that doesn't agree with them is misinformation. That is horrible. Whatever happened to the marketplace of ideas was where you could discuss this, you could debate this, and one could one side could prove the other side wrong and let people make up their own ideas to this. No, there's no two-sided argument. There's no two sides to the fact. It's we control the facts and you have to come to us. That's the attitude now. And that's a horrible thing. They're sick. They're very sick. That's Nazi style right there. That's Nazi style. I'm, I'm beginning to see Newsom, if he signs... Most or any or half of the law, that's not not to you. If, if, if he feels, if he uh, signs most or if not all the law, he'll be a Nazi straight up. Another bill that was rejected by its original author under under duress. Why? Because the people were protesting. You see, now a lot of these people think they could slip in. A lot of these state senators and state assembly house of of California thought they could just slip in and get away with it. And now they're thinking about what they're doing because they know the, the elections are coming. And the elections are not coming for them in, in November. Uh, first, obviously, in, in June, uh, a couple of months. If not in, in November, it'll come soon for them. And they know their, their areas are going to be so affected and people are not going to buy into it. But there were several laws that were are very controversial. The only one I believe that passed right now 
was AB one forty five, I think. The other one was twenty two twenty three. That's the abortion one, if I remember right. But there was like about five of them, and four were at least four COVID, totally Nuremberg style laws that are a violation, obviously, of the Nuremberg Code, where they use medicine as politics, medicine to control. That's horrible. Yeah. I leave it to you, Dan. All right, thank you. I'll go ahead and put you on the queue because you may want to come back after the next piece. So let me move you over. Um, flamethrower, I'm going to play um, some more and then I'll have you come in next to discuss some things. Darcy, is your mic working yet or are you just, is it just muted? I don't know what's going on. Are you okay over there? There she yeah, is. I'm, yeah, I'm just <laughs> muted. <laughs> okay, you're, you're good. Did you want to add anything before we went back to Katie? No, um, the gentleman that was just speaking, I mean, he, he's pretty spot on a lot of what he was saying, especially with like the COVID cards and the shot card, you know, you have to have a shot card to get anywhere. Right. Gotcha. Appreciate you. Okay. Let's get back to Miss Kitty. She's dropping some amazing gems and it's so crazy as you listen to this and you're like, oh my gosh, this is happening in America. Wow. Wow. So here we go, guys. All rights for everybody. Also, everybody was was uh, getting a guaranteed income from the government. The Equal Rights, here we call it the Equal Rights Amendment. Equal Rights was designed in two components. Equality, uh, economics and social. Economics, that was designed to equalize the country's wealth because everybody was entitled to a guaranteed equal income. In order to achieve that, they had to raise our taxes up to 70%. To equalize the wealth, those who were on the lower income level, to graduate them up there to an equal level, they got subsidized housing, they got um, food stamps, they got heating fuel, and they got a certain amount of payment from the government for each child. So they equalized the the country's wealth by taxing us 70% to bring that level, the lower income level, into an equal level. And that is called socialism. On the social level, of course, under socialism, everybody has to be in the workforce. Before Hitler... Of course, the mom stayed home, they were good wives, and they raised their families. But under socialism, if you are not in the workforce, you are called a parasite. So the moms were putting, were being put out into the workforce, so what happened to the children? child care centers you could and it was all free for everybody you could bring your four months old baby leave it there 24 hours um seven days a week as long as you left your child there the better the government liked it the staffers 
of the child care centers. They were not the grandmotherly type of women who took care of the children. They were young women, highly skilled in child psychology to mold the little babies from four weeks on up how they want, how the government wanted them. The government raised our children. So that was the equality, equal rights for everybody. The next thing would happen, education was nationalized. We had a very good educational system in Austria before Hitler. I went to public school. We had a very good curriculum. We even prayed in public school before class and after class. That morning, after the election, I walked into my classroom and the crucifix was gone. And the teacher said, this morning, we greet each other, Heil Hitler. And she said, we don't pray anymore. We sing Deutschland, Deutschland über alles. Germany above everybody. And she also said we would not have twice a week religious education anymore either. We would have physical education instead. Oh, we did not mind that. It was a lot more fun to play ball than study the Bible or learn long prayers. She also said that on Sunday, we could not go to church anymore because Sunday was compulsory National Youth Day. We had to attend at 8 o'clock in the morning to the gymnasium instead of going to church. The first two hours, we had political education. Today, I would call it political indoctrination. We were being told not to listen to our parents. They were just old-fashioned old fogies. They did not understand the young people. Only Hitler did. So don't listen to your parents anymore. And besides, you had freedom and you had rights. So our parents could not tell us anymore when to come home at night. We could decide that for ourselves. The rest of the day, we had sports. We got all the sports. You see, what's going on now, Darcy, with children making their own decisions to do things to their bodies? The, the children um, being told, oh, don't tell your parents, we'll keep it between us. There's a lot of that going on here in America. Well, here's, uh, here's my thoughts on it. I mean, if I just wish there would was more people that would actually was on here today because she can open up a lot of eyes for a lot of people at what's going on in today's world. I mean, they've took prayer out of school. Um, they're trying to totally inaliate people in general. Uh, they ha they're they're making people they they're raising taxes. To the point where, like she, like there, she's talking about where you have to rely on public assistance. So they're in turn with the more people that can rely on the public assistance base, 
the more the government has control over those people. Mm-hmm. Because they have to rely on the government to survive. I mean, Absolutely. there's, I know quite a few elderly, elderly people right now that they're being taxed so much and on, you know, a fixed income that they're having to choose between whether or not they're going to buy medication or they're going to be able to buy food or have lights on in the house. And that's the government's plan. Okay. Okay. My mind? They want us completely relying on them. Absolutely. And it's control. When they control you, so they, when they indoctrinate you and you believe a certain way, that's them controlling you. Um, this is how you're supposed to think. This is the right way to think. Hey, Robert, go ahead, and then we're going to have Renee pop up here before we keep on going. And if y'all could do me a favor, can y'all make sure y'all are sharing this and putting it out? Because she, Darcy's right. We do need to have more people in here. I did share it. I did put it in our constitutionalist box. So I don't know what everyone's doing or if they're doing something today or something. But yes, uh, definitely everyone does need to hear this. This is a very important conversation. So if y'all could share it, tag me on it on uh, Twitter, and I'll, I'll post it up for you. But Flamethrower, go ahead. Um, are you hearing me okay? Yes. Yes. Okay. So, yeah, okay. So, Darcy, um, I, other people have already heard my spiel on Nazi Germany, but I'll, I'll say this. Um, the kitty is right. It, it didn't start with oppression. The, the people, the German people at the time, the, the 1920s, it was a terrible time for people. The, the, France was trying to start uh start a civil start a civil war in the Rhine Valley. The economy was being destroyed because of the agreements of the Treaty of Versailles, which uh, which is described by historians as extremely oppressive. Um, you know, so regard uh, and Germany had also, and then on top of that, pornography was rampant. Uh pornography and homosexuality. So there were a lot of social issues people were getting caught up in that people were distracted from the from the main problem here. And you gotta remember this too. Uh people propped up Adolf Hitler as a hero and messiah. So because they were looking at all these oppressive conditions and Hitler was saying, I'm gonna save you from all this. So that's uh, and that's what the people were looking to. He was speaking their language. So the question is, it goes back to who do you look to as your savior? Uh, do you do you look to God or do you look to the government as your savior? Because Hit, Hitler was doing actually doing what he was voted in for. He the people wanted it, the people initially wanted the government to step in and save them. It, but it was only till later on when they learned the consequences of that, because if the government can give you something, it can also take it away. That's why we don't worship government. And that's why the American people, uh, that's, that's what bothers me here in the Beltway area. 
because if you give people enough benefits, they'll shut up. They'll they'll support whatever the government wants to. BLM, gotcha. Antifa, gotcha. Communism, gotcha. You know, they'll support, you give them enough money, enough benefits, they'll support anything you want them to. Whatever you subsidize, you get more of it. So that's what scares me about America because we're not, because we're not, we have too many people looking to the government as their savior. So, so I do also fault the German people to a degree for propping up Hitler, you know, so it's a two way deal. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Flamethrower. I'm going to throw you back in the queue. Would you like to stay in the queue? So the next part, you might want to add something. Yep. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Renee. Hey, Renee. You can unmute your mic at the bottom right-hand corner because we can't hear you. You're still muted. I'm trying, love. Okay, yeah, did I do it? Okay. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> I'm new to this, okay, on this yeah, calling, yeah. but I did it for you, girl, because uh, I love you. I appreciate you, and I love. I I'm so sorry. I don't remember the lady's name that you have speaking tonight. Darcy. I wish she had a megaphone, countrywide, <laughs> for everyone to hear, and people need to wake the hell up. Now, I will say this. I I work a lot. I work like 10-hour shifts, six days a week, blah, blah, blah. But I come across patriots. How, how do I recognize them? Because they're wearing American flags or they're wearing something. You see a lot of that anymore. Just FYI. And that's where you know your patriots are. And that's who I know who I can speak with. Just Just saying. But we are all... Like, we do discuss these things, by the way. Mm -hmm. We see what's happening. But we're also at a loss as to what the hell do we do about it? In general, like, what can we do about this? Because we see what's going on. We understand it. Um, of course, I'm 50, you know, but and these, these people I'm talking about are in general around my age. Um, but we see what's going on. And we can see the correlations between, for instance, Nazi Germany and what's going on now. And how the hell did we get control back? Because first of all, we got rigged elections. How do you take care of that <laughs> with all these, you know, nefarious people in positions of power to overcome this? And I do see fighters out there, which I appreciate every damn one of them. Because we can't get enough, in my opinion. But I'm telling you, the local Joes like me, I'm just a southern gal trying to live her life, you know. I, I, I've raised my kids, and unfortunately, I, I can go. I, I was single mom. I had to let them go to the public schools. And, for instance, my daughter <sighs> is a pansexual. <laughs> oh, God, it makes me sick. But I still want to keep a relationship. I want to keep a relationship with her. And I will give you this, though. 
she wouldn't vote in 2020 election with Biden and, and Trump because she didn't like either one, which I was like, okay, I get it, whatever. But now, if she could go back, she'd vote for Trump, just get Biden the hell out of there. She sees well, what's happening. Not that it matters because obviously that was rigged. And that, I'm going on a whole other level. I could say a hundred thousand things tonight, don't eat. But I really, know. really want to figure out what the hell can we do to stop this? Yeah. So, other than trying to educate. So, like, yeah, me and Darcy, like, we're all working on doing different things and fighting this system. But earlier, I'm not for sure how long you were here. Um, but there is a playback, um, things that we're doing. What state are you in in the South? I'm in Tennessee, thank God. At least we are mostly red. There's oh, some, okay. you know, unfortunately, um, some big cities that are Democrat run, such as Memphis, which is which, there, I'll be honest with you. I live in middle Tennessee and I've got kids, I've got two kids in middle oh, Tennessee okay. and one in East Tennessee. And okay. how far are you from Kentucky? I used to be a lot closer to it. Um, now, uh, probably an hour and a half, maybe. I don't know. It depends on what part. Depends on what part. But uh, Darcy, now, Darcy. when I lived in Gallatin, I could tell you I was like 30 minutes away from, from Kentucky. But uh, okay. now, I'm not really sure. Okay. Darcy lives in Kentucky. So, we can get, because I want to have the live playing and uh, not veer too far off the what's going on tonight. But I am happy you did finally get to make it up here and have a conversation too, because you know I do know you work a lot, and you're you know you're and you're, what you're going through and everything. Um, so Darcy, uh, what were you gonna say? You made your mic again. I thought you were gonna. Say I something. did want to tell you though. I'm telling you, I'm finding the Patriots where I work, because that's where I spend most of my time, and I'm finding Patriots there that are very like minded. But we are all like, what the hell do we do? You know, when I do try to tell them, like, none of them do Twitter or any of this stuff, but I'm trying to, like, hey, here's some people you can follow. Here's some things you can do. You know, I am trying to push them your way, but we have very limited time to talk, first of all, because we're working, mm -hmm. but I still find moments. Well, maybe we can organize some time for me to go up there and meet them and meet you guys in person, and then... That would be great. So, yeah, because I plan on going and doing different things across uh, the country. Well, I'm going to tell you, Tennessee is, in general, a red state. In general. I, I absolutely love where I live, for the most part. And you know, you know the ones that aren't. You go to Walmart. Yeah. And I'm telling you, I went to Walmart today, which is sad but true. But oh, one I'm, second, Walmart. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. We have to stay like kind of on the thing. Cause I know, I know. I'm just trying to tell you how many people don't wear masks and don't do that and wear American flags here. Good. When you see an American flag wearing t-shirt person, you know. You know. Yep. yep. They're a patriot. I can't wait to and meet I, them. And I, I try to bring up conversation with those people when I can. Yeah, we need to organize some time together. I'll text you. We can organize some time together for me to come down there. Oh, me up there. That would be great. And I meet you guys. Also, are you um are you working on May second, which is a Monday, and Sunday the first? Yes. Okay. Yes, but I did take a three. I'm gonna have a three day weekend on uh May ninth is a Monday, but I'll okay. have the weekend before, so seventh, eighth, ninth. I'll have okay. three. 
if you know anybody anybody who who be willing to go and help and support the stuff that we're doing i'll be posting about too and mississippi and tate county that's one thing that we're doing right now is helping them fight to keep um the government from telling how to live i wish i did so but yeah but let's uh, go ahead and get back to the the live, and we'll uh, put you back in the in the nest for a bit. Okay. And we'll come back to you in just a second, because right. next up is going to be uh, Johnny after this part. Sports equipment free. We got tennis rackets. We got skis. Everything. And the boys of age 16, they got motorcycles. And, of course, everybody had to join the Hitler Youth. That was compulsory. So the rest of the day, we had sports and fun. So when we returned home at night, we told our parents how much fun we had and how much better it was and all the sports equipment we got free, much more fun than going to church. Well, my parents were very concerned, especially my mother. So when my next school term came about in October, she announced that she would enroll me in a private school with an excellent curriculum, but not much fun. Off we went to the new school, high wall around, and a locked iron gate. And as I bid my mother goodbye at the gate, I almost hated her. (laughs) I thought she was going to put me into a prison. But she was a wise woman. She said, today you do not understand why I'm doing this for you. But when you grow up a bit, you will understand. Had my mother not intervened, today I would be a radical Marxist. So, on holidays, I could go back home for for a visit. Of course, I was curious. I would go back to my former classmates and find out what was going on. I was shocked. 16-year-old girls were having babies for Hitler, and that was glorified. Oh, Hitler wanted a lot of babies. Blonde hair and blue eyes, the master race. I was shocked. So that was our educational system. Hitler also nationalized our car industry. Austria built a little car, a little bit bigger than a Fiat. Hitler said, we don't need another little car. We already have the Beetle car, the Volkswagen. So he turned the car industry into a defense industry. Also, Hitler nationalized our banks. Hitler said... Those greedy banks, they were the ones who charged 25% interest. And that is why the farmers were going broke and the businesses were going broke. And he looted the Jewish banks. So our banks were being nationalized. Next thing, 
what happened? He nationalized our healthcare system. Mm. We had we had a um, a reasonable good healthcare system, which was financed by private insurance. We had good hospitals. We had good doctors, and everybody was reasonable, well being cared for. This all changed very fast. My brother-in-law, who was a family physician, he told me that when he arrived at his office at 8 o'clock in the morning, 40 patients would be lined up waiting for him to be cared for. He said it was like practicing medicine on a conveyor belt. He only had time five or ten minutes pro patient and besides all the paperwork it it was it was a a system from from well taken care uh health care to a very very bad system <clears throat> and what was even worse he told me that naturally all the doctors were being salaried by the government. There was no more free market. Free market did not exist anymore. The government salaried all the doctors. So my brother-in-law was a very conscientious doctor. He would only prescribe medication what the patient really needed. But if that medication was not on the government's list, they took it out of his salary. And his salary dwindled down to almost nothing. So a lot of doctors left the country. A lot of doctors left, including my own husband. My husband did not want to practice medicine like his brother had to. He wanted free market medicine. He came to this country, and I remember telling him, telling me how wonderful our healthcare system was, how modern our hospitals were com compared what he left behind. He said, I hope it will never change. Today, he will turn over in his grave how health care will change. Also, of course, under a socialist government, you have a lot of rules and regulation. We had a planning agency. In a second. Um, let's see. Let's go ahead and pull Johnny over. And help. John, your mic is working. Today. Can I say something Hi. real quick, Donnie? Hi, yeah. Donnie. Hi, hey, thanks Johnny. for taking my call. Can you hear me? Oh, yeah, one second. Darcy, go ahead. Yep. Darcy? I don't know. Go ahead, John. Um, if you think about what she just said right there, again, it's already, it's already. Oh no! Don't tell me it's going. No. Uh, yeah, she, I believe she's saying that it's already it's already going on right now. The stuff's already happening. But Johnny, go ahead. Yeah. 
Yeah, uh, she brings a really good point. She brings, you know, it's really complicated, really, in my view. Uh, because, like, you know, I called in last night. We were talking about how I understood very well how the constitutionalists would be against the government because, uh, spiritually speaking, the government really had no place in a relationship between a uh, people who who have an inalienable rights by God, right? So understanding that, you know, I've been working on this theory on revolution because I honestly, I'm, I'm with her and I'm with a lot of people that understand that uh, electoral politics in America just isn't going to work anymore. It's not going to, it's not going to do the job, you know, but the difficulty in my mind is that uh, Hersheimer or Mersheimer would put it this way. You know, he would say that liberals, liberals meaning the the uh, the idea of the individual, the rights of the individual, whereas collectivists is the rights of the many. Right? The the liberals cannot come to first principles. First principles meaning an agreement, right? Because we're individuals and we have our own ideas, right? So it's really, really, to me, really, really complicated, you know, the idea, you know, what is right and what is wrong, where we should go, right? You know, spiritually speaking, I agree with the constitutionalists. I think that government shouldn't be in the way of my freedoms and my liberties and my, but yet, but yet at the same time, nevertheless, we do have government, right? And uh, that is ordained. Right. You know, and and it's right and proper, like Steve was saying the other day, how he felt like, you know, sometimes I believe with the liberal idea of the individual rights. And then sometimes I believe with the many. Right. The collectivist rights. So the difficulty to me is, you know, where do you find the middle? And um, and I think it's in the spirit and, and, and the spirit. And this is what makes it really hard. Nobody can define the spirit. The spirit is in the middle. So it's right and proper for people to say, yeah, I agree with this collectivist idea, but no, yeah, I agree with the individual. But where do you find the spirit? Now, where I think where we went wrong in America, like I was trying to explain the other day where I got, you know, bad connection. Hopefully today is a good connection. Uh, the, uh, the fact that America was based on and founded on the Christian principle a Christian ideology or Christian uh, Christian principles, as in the uh, doctrine of the Trinity. So we have three branches of government, all being equal, having all having equal power, right? And yet we have a, and all checks and balances. Well, that's the doctrine of the Trinity, that we have the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, all working in history to come about, you know, God's plan. So. You know, once we understand that, number one, that it's right and proper to have an argument and it's right to, to, to understand that the collectivist, the Marxist, you could say, has a good argument. Right. I mean, they do. They have a really good argument. But the the individual, the constitutionalist, you could say, you know, also has a good argument because it's between him, and that person and God. So where do we go from there? That's the difficulty. And you can't really talk to people. Do you know about this? It's really complicated because a lot of people really don't go that far. And so ask somebody at times, Donnie, try to ask somebody, tell me, defend your belief system. Defend how you believe, right? So I always tell people, you know, uh, political discourse is nothing more than a conversation starter for religious systems of thought. 
So at the end of the day, when we talk about it's not right and proper, it's not right that the government, which ideology, ideally, ideally, in a fallen nation, biblically, spiritually speaking. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. In, In a fallen, sinful, you know, that kind of biblical, you know, the government is um is there regardless and it's there between the one and the many the question for many people is trying to find the middle ground the spiritual thing right yeah can i ask you a question too sure sure because i remember one day you had brought up the medicare for all stuff Mm -hmm. and actually hearing um kitty describe what happened to them once they did something like that over there um what is your thoughts on that now and how that could turn out for this nation if doctors would flee America because of how they're getting paid. Um, what do you think uh, about that socialist program that they're trying to push here now after hearing her say that? Sure. Um, okay, so the doctor says I'm not making enough money. He's making the, no money. Right. The government doesn't have a right to tell me how much money I should make, that I should be able to be free to make the money that I need. And that's understood, right? Uh, because the government, the government, and that's the question, right? This is a complicated. Well, well, well Johnny, he, not, it was just, not just money. The doctor, she said, whenever he had to give a certain medicine to people, the, the government regulates. They'll do the same thing they did over there, over here. They regulate what they can give people. So when he gave them particular medicine, then um, it came out of his salary. And he knows it's coming out of his salary. So it's not selfish. It's not about money for him. But what's his livelihood? How is he supposed to live and eat? How how long did he, have, did he have to be educated to become that doctor? And then basically, they're slaves. These are slaves to the government doctors, and so they left the country because they didn't like how it was working. So, what happens to the people when their good doctors leave? Exactly, and they have every right to leave, and they should leave because for a government to say this is how much you're going to make is not right, right? I agree. Yeah, with the, that. The, the government should don't aren't doctors, and they can't tell people how right. to run their practice to help people. That's and right. so we already have that going on now. That's why people are so fed up with the. This is what happens. People are so fed up with the healthcare system because people just throw money. Um, the the, the money. The insurance company was just throwing money and paying these premiums. Um, uh, paying not premiums. They were paying the um, whatever the claim was. And right. they were like, oh well, let's go ahead and just increase the price of insurance. So the price keeps going up. But lo and behold. They didn't realize that hospitals were overcharging people. They were at freaking apple juice is probably $20, a little little cafeteria thing. So the problem, we had to actually look at the problem and not look at what kind of program or some kind of political propaganda is telling us to support. So maybe you should look at the hospital bills. I did like when Trump was talking about um, transparency on what you guys are paying in your hospital bills. That's where we need to start, too, if you want to have a better healthcare system. Because once you realize, oh, why are you charging me this much money for ibuprofen I could have got at the store for five bucks? Why is this a fifty dollar bill or more? Because I don't, I don't really go to the hospital. But you know, when it comes down to it, um, affordable health care is paying attention to what your medical bills are, and that's why your health, your your premiums are so high because they were just paying it. So the, the Medicare for all stuff, this is lining up with what she's talking about, and I, I think that I'm not for sure. Maybe you should look more into it. I feel like if I were to think I would support Medicare for all after hearing what Katie said, that would concern me. And it makes me concerned about who, who is telling me and pushing this on me that this is what it would cause. 
You know, Donnie, I got to ask you then, because it's complicated. It's not an easy thing to understand, right? Medicare yeah. costs. So tell me, what is your perspective? Why do you think the the price of healthcare has gone high? Oh, I, I just I just told you. That. I think the price is so high is because the hospitals were just getting paid whatever the insurance companies were paying them. When, a lot of times, when people uh, pay their own bills, they can negotiate a price down with the doctors or the hospitals that they're at, opposed to like, okay, they may say, hey, your bill is ten thousand. You're like, well, I have seven thousand cash. They will let you negotiate it down, but your insurance company will pay whatever claim that the hospitals have. That's when the prices really start skyrocketing, um, and also. How much is this medication? Um, or how much are you paying for their medication or they're adding on to what's happening? Um, they're paying for, don't you guys love, um, having an appointment at one o'clock with your doctor? You don't see him until three o'clock and he only in the room with you for five minutes, but you talk to a nurse. That's the system that we, that has to be fixed. That's what's expensive. So it doesn't have to be expensive. And also if we focus more on a lot of natural medicines mm-hmm. ourselves, Amen to depending, that. depending yeah. on the hospitals to take care of people, because hospitals aren't there saving people. Amen to that. Boy, I agree so with that. 100%. We, we, we yeah. gotta learn what we have here in this earth actually yeah. does help you. Uh, people have been told, Oh, really? what was that? So, uh, so so you'd say that uh, insurance insurance companies have a big role in the reason why the price of healthcare is so high. Right? Yeah, and mm-hmm. the insurance companies, of course, pay. Uh, their, they have their lobbyists to pay that pays uh, their representatives to represent you know their interest in insurance, right? So let me ask you this: Do you think insurance itself is the problem, or part of a big part of the problem? I think it's a big part of the problem. But also, it's it's, our, it's it's an us problem. You know, right. we as consumers, if we don't like how a business be, is behaving, we we show them by how we make our purchases or where we go or we do by not participating in their practices anymore. Right, I agree with that. Right, like right now, I work for a trucking company, right, and they're offering me insurance, and I'm saying, why am I going to get insurance? pay for insurance for something that number one, I can't afford. Number two, I'm not going to get any value of. Right. So yeah, I'm a hundred percent on board with that. Right. You know, so, yeah. it, so, but, so, but, but let's save this some more. So to the very end, cause we can discuss solutions you right, guys sure, too. Sure. So let's save those more so to the end. Let's get back to Kitty. And right. I see that James popped up here. So right. James, you're going to go next. Johnny, I'm gonna, you want to stay in the queue? You want to go back down sure. the bottom? No, sure. I'll stay in the queue. I'll, I'll hear you guys out. You're really interesting conversation as always. Yeah, of course, Johnny. You rock. Okay. Here we go, Kitty. Let's see what she has to say next. That was designed to control the businesses and the farmers. The bureaucrats, oh, we had tons of bureaucrats. That's how Hitler created jobs government jobs, a lot, a lot of bureaucrats. And they would go out on the farms and count the livestock and tell the farmers what to plant, how much to plant, and how much they had to harvest, regardless of the weather. They would go into the businesses and snoop around what they could find under the auspices of health and safety. Here we call it OSHA. They were nitpicking everybody, nitpicking everybody. And I hear that a lot of time from my audiences, how the bureaucrats 
come into their business and look, snoop around what they can criticize and what the business owner had to replace. And that's why a lot of businesses in Austria could not afford replacement, whatever, whether it was um, round tables versus uh, square tables <clears throat> and, and more bathrooms. So a lot of businesses closed their doors. So also the bureaucrats would go out in the farms and count the chickens and order the chickens how many eggs they had to lay. <laughs> That's right. Ridiculous. Absolutely, absolute ridiculous. Hitler wrote a book, Mein Kampf, My Struggle. He wrote in the book everything what he was going to do, that he was going to take over the world. But the Austrian people were so busy with athletics and sports, so very few people read the book. Had we read the book, we would have known what was coming. We would have known what was coming. Abortions were highly illegal. Hitler wanted a lot of babies, blonde hair and blue eyes, the master race. <clears throat> but when a couple was not 100% Aryan and the woman was uh, pregnant, she was forced to have an abortion. Hitler did not want any foreign blood, only the Aryan pure German blood. We also had euthanasia, killing people. In my last year of college, I was sent to a small village to do my practice teaching. Maybe I should back up and tell you what really happened in education. When the time came to pick your major in college, I wanted to be a journalist and writer. I was told they didn't need journalists, they did not need writers either. They needed young teachers. So I had to go into education. I did not mind that because I like children. So in my last year in college, I was sent to a small village in the mountains and I was told that because in the winter time the mountain passes would close up because of the masses of snow. So people in that village, they intermarry family into family. And we know by genetics that sometime the offsprings, the baby, is a bit mentally handicapped. So when I arrived in that village, I was told they had about 15 of mentally handicapped people. One man I know very well, <clears throat> he was the janitor in our school, Vincent. He could not read or write. He could not talk very well, but he kept our school clean. So one morning... I looked out of my classroom window and there was a van out there from the health department. I thought, well, and all these people were being ushered into the van. 
So I asked my principal, where are they going to take Vincent and all the rest of the people? I thought maybe they take him for an outing for a picnic. The principal said, oh, no. The health department came around and asked the parents if they want to institutionalize their son or daughter to learn how to read and write. Gladly the parents signed the papers and off they went. Six months later, the letters came to the parents that their son or daughter died in natural but merciful death. The news traveled very fast in that village. People said, well, they all left in excellent health, in good health. And why should they all die within six months? It dawned on the villages that they were being euthanized. After the war, I found out that 20,000 children, handicapped children, were being euthanized. Hitler wanted perfect people. On a personal note, God forbid, should I ever become handicapped, I will never apply for a handicapped license plate because I don't want to get on the list. And I know that under Obama's health care, we have eugenics. And that means those of us who are getting old, like me, I'm 87 years old. There is no more money for us. <clears throat> so that... Let's pause there. I want to note something. Did she just say she was, did she say she's 86 years old, 87 years old, Darcy? I don't know what's going on with this, but um, I she she's about. I'm you're. I can't. It keeps breaking up really bad. I'm only hearing every other word. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. So she did say how old she was, and you see how she's coherent and how well she's me? speaking. She she I can't. I don't know what's going on. Maybe because you just the app. Maybe it's it's just acting funny since you just re-added it. I'm not for sure. I don't know why it's it sounds like you're a robot. Let me pull up someone else and see because no one said anything in the chat. Not me. I may have to log out and come back in because it's it's bad. I'm only hearing like every other word. Okay. Hey James. So I, I yeah no problem. Hey, James, I was just thinking, she said she's like 86 or 87 years old. I was thinking, wow, she sounds way more coherent than Joe Biden. She's speaking very clear sentences. And this was maybe, this came out, I think, about 10 years ago. And then we can't even have a president who can speak clear like this. And she says this is her, English is not her first language. Um, That's another thing I want to point out. And you hear uh, what they said. Think about what COVID they had on the um, COVID patients. Um, in the in the nursing homes with the older people, elderly people, think about how they do treat um, our veterans, how they treat people who are handicapped. And the whole thing too is, oh well, we'll we're okay with you to do a late term abortion or something if your kid has some kind of mental illness or something, or a disability. 
Uh, this just sounds very familiar. And then how the whole school system works. Like, it's crazy how someone just goes somewhere healthy, they come back, and, they're, and then they die. And you heard this stuff during COVID. Like, oh, they went there to have COVID, and all of a sudden they died from COVID. Huh? They weren't that bad, though, before they left for COVID to the hospital. Mm. That's why when I caught it. I caught it. I didn't go te- get tested for it. I knew I had it, and I was not going to no hospital. <laughs> I, I want to live. <laughs> yeah, I thought I had it, but like I, I it might have just been the flu. But I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't go to the doctor. Like I almost never go to the doctor. I, I avoid going to hospitals and doctors as much as humanly possible. Um, maybe that's not. <laughs> maybe that's good. Maybe that's bad. I don't really know, but that's just what I do. But um, regarding the uh, the abortion stuff, m- maybe you saw in the comments, I was talking about Savannah Hernandez. Do, you know who she is, right? Yeah, you know what? I don't see your comments at all. I'm not seeing any. I only saw one chick that says hello, and I see no other comments. Oh, that's weird, because there's tons of people saying stuff on, in here. I mean, that tons is of really comments. Frustrating. Huh? Yeah, really that's weird. I can't see them. Or I would have read them, you guys. If I don't know why it's not popping up for me, but there, I don't see any of the comments. Can you do me a favor and read a couple of the latest ones for me? Not sure why um, I can't. Read it. Sure, like uh, of by and for you. I think that is that that guy's name is like Mike, right? Oh, I think that's Johnny. Oh, Johnny. Okay, yeah. Uh, he says that Darcy's not unmuting, so I don't know. Maybe that was her problem, but uh, let's see. Flamethrower says everybody sounds okay. Um, Ice Judge says government would control your DNA if you let it. Statism is pathological AF. And uh, Flamethrower says pure blood doesn't exist. Everyone has race mixed at some point in history. And... Um, do you, like, do you want me to keep going, or I mean, because there's good. a lot. I, that's good. I appreciate it, and I can't. I honestly, like, I don't know what is going on. Why I cannot see the comments on uh, the chat myself, and you guys know good and well that I would read them. I apologize. I just thought one person said hello, and that was it. And that was an hour right. ago. I was like, dang, no one's talking in the chat. <laughs> mm, yeah, that's weird. Um, if you're new, like Renee and Mr. H, um, who haven't been here before, um, yeah, this actually has a live chat option where you can type up stuff. Most times I can see it. Um, where in other, in other like Twitter spaces, like you don't have that option to type up something if you're just, just listening. So that's another reason I like this platform. And then when we want to share like sources and stuff, we put the links over there. But James, go ahead and speak what you wanted to speak on. Uh, thank you for helping me out with that. Oh, sure. No problem. Um, yeah. So anyway, I, I mentioned Savannah Hernandez. Uh, she used to work for Alex Jones and then she went off on her own. And I think she's going to get hired on to Fox News or something. I'm not sure, but um, oh, she's doing. Okay, okay. So you're talking, so you're about, talking the, about the abortion thing that she was just doing the videos with? with those yeah. People, those people doing things. Yeah, like normalizing abortions and everything. Like, yeah, I want to keep it. I want to keep like really focusing on those certain things. Like at first, abortions were not allowed, and all of a sudden, if you're unworthy that you can't live, then okay, now abortions are okay. That's that's genocide. Yeah, 
And, um, well, she had this video and like, oh, did you see it? Yeah, I saw it. Yeah. Oh. I, just, I, I like, Man. um, I like other people and stuff, but I try not to, I try my best unless they're like a politician or something to bring them up, um, mm-hmm. in these shows because, yeah, we can discuss all oh, her work and everything, but like, I want to kind of take a little bit because some people may leave or something or, um, kind of stay on topic because, we All have right. well, I just wanted to say a couple of quick things like um, like she was talking to people in California and the first guy was like he said that uh, he thought women should be allowed to have an abortion he called it an abortion 10 months after the baby is born and like then there was this other girl that's like oh I think uh, if a mom ha- if a girl has a baby she should be able to just leave it for 7 days and let it die and it's like yeah. Uh, so yeah, but anyway, but aside from that, you had um somebody else speaking. I think I think it was Renee. Was she the one from Tennessee? Um. Yeah. She said that she meets all of these people that are patriots, but they don't like uh, doing Twitter and and like social media and stuff. And I just wanted to suggest to her that um maybe she could uh take down people's names and phone numbers and stuff and um, have meetings with people in real life. Um, and I think that that might even be more effective than trying to do online stuff. At least, I mean, cause there's a lot of people that I think uh, they don't really get into the social media stuff. And personally, I would rather do stuff in real life than, than do any kind of social media stuff. So um, uh, like maybe she could have like some kind of, I don't know, Patriot meetups like once a month or twice a month or something like that. I don't know. Um, but, uh, the last thing that I wanted to, uh, talk about was that, um, uh, a lot of people, they seem to, uh, want to, uh, have like, have like, uh, the whole the whole country united, but like, I, I kind of think that that's like, um, Im, impo- implausible, maybe even to the point of impossible. I mean, like the, the, the nation is clearly very divided. People are, um, very divided in this country. And one of the things that I keep telling people is like, um, to do stuff locally, have, um, concentrations of people and, um, do something in a small area, um, in pockets around the country, wherever you can. And I keep on thinking like, man, I want to save up some money. I want to move to Texas or Florida and, um, be around more like-minded people, or at least people who are closer to the principles that I have. Um, you know, that I'm a voluntarist. So it's like, you know, I, I, uh, um, there's not a whole lot of people that share the same views as me, but, um, people who want smaller government, who want less government power and Christians, like those are the kind of people that I want to be around. Cause right now I'm stuck in a blue state and it's like, they're, uh, pretty anti, um, Christian around here. So I would like to get out, maybe get around some people who I could, uh, get together with and maybe, 
help to make some kind of change in an area because uh, I don't see it happening here in uh, here on the left coast in this blue state that I'm in. Thank you. Thank you. Normally, normally, normally we have, we have, have echoing. echoing. Need me right for a second, please, James. Normally we have people, a lot, actually a lot of people we have in the West Coast who come on here. A lot of people are in California. I know it's most of the time people are like, oh, I'm in California. I'm like, how do I? I and I think it's crazy. I think California, it, they're living in, in a state where they have so many laws and regulations and taxes, and they're feeling it. They know what it feels like, and they come and they are participating in these discussions um, where other maybe people might feel more more comfortable. They're not as bad off as California or New York, so they don't come to these and have these discussions like that. Oh, it's Saturday. Let me just go do something else, not listen or or discuss this or anything. So that's a good point, James. Um, so you guys can message each other on here too. I'm quite sure there's um, I think Baldy's in that area too. Hey, Darcy. I love what she has to say every oh, time. It's funny. Um, <laughs> hey, it's funny that they say about California. What they say? But uh, every time when we talk about California, we always say, well, in Kentucky, you know, every time a new Cal- California gets a new law on their books, you know, it's just a matter of time before it hits it before it hits Kentucky. Usually within a year mm-hmm. or two, it's in Kentucky and they're trying to present the same law in Kentucky. It's crazy. It's like California. Is, it's almost like they lay the track record for yeah. all the all the other states. We have to change that, you know. We we're gonna I have an, another solution and I'm gonna write this down and remind you guys. Remind me guys. I'm gonna put it in the in the chat. Yep, still don't see anything. By the way, that's the website, you guys. We have a form if you wanna talk about things. Um add information like your own articles on there, you can do that. It's a community form, it's a community website. Um so I'm gonna put um constitutional uh county. So I remember to come back and talk to y'all about this. Another way you, we're going to save this country. Hold on. Okay. Uh, yeah, and Darcy, remember that too. That's important because uh, we were talking about something about you in Kentucky in your county. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> so, <laughs> Sheriff, <laughs> just saying. So, um, let's get back to James real quick and see if you want to add one. Yeah, have you heard of the uh, the Greater Idaho uh project or initiative or whatever i forget what it was called no i haven't what is that okay they were trying to get parts of uh i think parts of oregon and washington and uh another state to join up with idaho because they felt like their um their democrat representatives weren't representing them like these are people who are um, they're they're more like Republican leaning type people. They're trying to basically um, get these areas to secede from their state and become a part of Idaho. And oh, there was okay. a, I have heard about that. 
Yeah, and there was another state that uh, that was doing that recently too. Um, I don't know if they, I don't know if they will succeed or not, but um, the I, but I do like the idea of like secession from a state or like I don't know reformation of states to um, have somebody that uh, better represents you. Um, so that might be something that's worth looking into for people who feel like that they're not being represented uh, in their state. Like, I'm sure that there's a lot of people in Washington that feel that way, too. But um, I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm not really I don't really think that I could uh, um, get enough people on board with the idea of being like, hey, let's let's um, secede from the state. <laughs> Maybe though well, I don't know. You wouldn't know until you try to see yeah. like who you can do once you get out talking to people. So like for example, like um, myself wanting to go to Mississippi and help them. So how many of those people will be involved in that movement and them helping each other and as they're growing? Okay, so guys, I need help over here in Ohio or Kentucky or in another area. Guess what? You have other people that you've connected with that you can help. As we're growing, like I said, how we're going to um, come together, it's going to be with this constitution, how you unite with each other. Certain people didn't weren't affected by certain things for so long, they didn't care until it happens to them. So this is how we're going to unite you guys. I said we're going to unite with the children, we can unite with the constitution. So, yeah, yeah. definitely. You know, that's not going to work for a lot of people, though. It's like, you know that. Well, I, I mean, I, I'm, the Democrats don't give a shit about the Constitution. Yeah, yeah James, <laughs> one second. So here's the thing. Well, then you're going you to give up and lay down? Or are you going to stand up and fight? Just because people aren't going to well, stand with you, you're going to give up? Is that what you're going to do? No. No, absolutely. I'm just saying that, um, like, the idea of, like, uniting everybody is, is oh, just... I didn't say that. No, I didn't okay. say everybody. You just need a few. <laughs> okay. But, um... Yeah. Uh, anyway, like I, uh, I could try something here in Washington, but I really want to get out of this state. Yeah. <laughs> it gets cold up here <laughs> and I don't like the cold. So I'd like to move down South someday. Hopefully, hopefully sometime not too long in the future. <laughs> Excellent. Well, yeah, James, <laughs> thank you for uh, coming up here and dropping your gems. I appreciate you. Let's go ahead and get back to uh, Miss Kitty. And she is almost done with her presentation. She has less than 10 minutes. I'm going to go ahead and let it play through. And then we can come back and have a discussion and talk about some solutions. Because you know, we like to try to be solution-based here. So let's do it. Miss Kitty, please go ahead and go ahead. Plus Youth Alicia. We also had a federal police force, secret police, commonly known as the Gestapo, and they were everywhere in civilian clothes. You didn't know who they were. People disappeared all the time, and nobody knew where people were being taken. Nobody knew, but people disappeared. And the Gestapo, they watched everybody, everybody's coming and goings, because we had national ID cards, and of course you could not board a bus or a train without showing your national ID card. They keep track on us. And we were being so scared, the most scared of everything we were of the Gestapo, the secret police. 
This is how it works. Since the war was going on, all our food was being rationed. We got one pound of sugar a month. So in, if somebody in your family passed away like grandma, you quickly took that coveted sugar coupon and went to the grocery store and bought that pound of sugar. The next day, the Gestapo would knock on your door and say, we know that you did not turn in the sugar coupon. You bought that pound of sugar, but I am not going to arrest you. But you have to inform on your boss, your neighbor, your friend, everybody you know, and report to our office once a week. They created a network of informers. We could not trust our neighbors. We could not trust our friends. We couldn't trust anybody. We couldn't trust the mailman. Nobody. We were afraid to talk to anybody, anything political, because we did not know who was informing on everybody. A network of informers they created. <clears throat> I believe it was in February 09. I'm a lobbyist in our capital in South Dakota. And that morning I drove to our capital about around eight o'clock and I had the car radio on and the news was being reported. And there was President Obama saying, if anybody, if you hear anybody criticizing me, call the White House. Yep. Yep. When I arrived in the Capitol, I quickly went. That sounds like something Biden would do. I feel like he has done that, actually. I, I don't want to, don't quote me on that, but I feel like he already did it. But that sounds like something Biden would do. To ask some of no wait, it was Obama. Obama did that actually. Yes, that's what happened. You guys, sorry. To verify, I asked some of the legislators if they heard the same story, and they said yes. We also heard that. Can you imagine creating a, a network of informers informing and calling the White House? Yes, it's happening. Um, we also had gun control. The government said that children were playing with guns and we had hunting accidents, people accidentally shooting each other, and we had criminals again, murderers. The only way that they could track the murderer was by the um, serial number of the gun. So bring your, your gun to the police station, then we can register the serial number and we can track the criminal. And we thought that was a good idea. Mm -hmm. So gladly we did that. Not long afterwards, they said, no, it did not help. We could not track all the criminals. The best way to have no more crimes and no more people getting hurt, bring your guns to the police station and 
they already know who had guns because we registered our guns. Keep your guns and buy more guns and <laughs> And stack up on, on your ammo. A gun is no good if you don't have any ammo. Dictatorship did not happen overnight. It took five years from 1938 until 1943. We had a full blown dictatorship. Had we kept our guns, we would have fought a bloody battle to the last men and women to keep our freedom. But we had no guns. A classic example is in Switzerland, it is law that everybody has to have a gun. And Hitler took every country in Europe except Switzerland. <laughs> and Switzerland did not have a war for more than 600 years. Hitler never tackled Switzerland. So keep your guns. Keep your guns. Like I said, the only information what we had what the government provided for us the, the nationalized radio station and the censored newspaper, nobody could get come in and nobody could get out. We had no information, none whatsoever. We did not know that we had concentration camps. We found that out after the Americans and the Allies liberated us that we had concentration camps and we were shocked. We were totally shocked. When the people fear the government, that's tyranny. But when the government fears the people, that's liberty. We have to take our country back as we know it. And a good way is that we educate our friends, everybody. I have my speech on a DVD. I urge you to have house parties, play my DVD, invite your neighbors, your friends, and educate them on socialism. We are almost 80% there. We have to take our country back as we know it. Those of us who sailed past the Statue of Liberty, we came to a country of unbelievable freedom and opportunity. America is the greatest country in the world if we can keep it. Yep. Got me a little emotional there when she said at the end. America is the greatest country in the world if we can keep it. She said 80%. That was a few years ago, quite a few years ago. I think the speech was maybe seven years ago. Um, and look at where we're at now. What are we doing? And then we sit there and say, well, what can we do? What should we do? Well, I feel like when we ask questions, first of all, when you have a problem, you think of a solution, you fix it. I think like she's saying, people will fear the government. That's tyranny, right? That's why people are like, what can we do? Because people know what we can do. People are just afraid to act on it. 
because they're afraid of the government. Darcy, go ahead. I know, it sound like you. It looks like you want to say something. Darcy, maybe you turn your mic on. I'm here. Okay, were you have to say something because your mic um, came off? No, psych. Okay. I don't know if it's where I, don't I know just download this, downloaded this app or what, but I've got to get the buds worked out. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit Charlie and be like, we had a lot of issues with the show, and I couldn't. I could, I it's couldn't like it's delayed. Out. It's it's delaying even even when you're talking. That's why I'm only hearing every other word. Yeah, I'm gonna play it back and see what it sounds like when I go back. with other people say they can hear it fine, so I think this, we're just as speakers are having issues for some reason. But when she's when she's talking about all those things that's going on, it's so important. It's when we see everything that's going on. Then what do we do about it? That's why when I say we gotta stay on task and talk about things, I know we can veer off to other things, but you still do that a lot in spaces. We have a little more space to do that on Twitter spaces, but like, I don't really do it as much anymore because it's, it's turned into political therapy on uh, Twitter spaces, and nobody necessarily really wants to do too much over there. We have had some people who have sent me some messages because I asked them to, to figure out what's going on in their states when it comes to them trying to take over rural land. So there's been people from spaces that helps there, but a lot of times when I'm on there, it's, it's, it's like political therapy sessions. And I want us to always come here with, a, with solutions. So I have a couple of solutions I would like to discuss, but let me um, pull up some other folks real quick who stay up here in the queue. It looks like they want to say something else. Let's try to keep it short. Um, so that we can get to the solutions because we have been on here for an hour and 33 minutes. And I want us to get off here mm, no later than, no later than, no, I want us to go in past two hours, please. So let's go ahead and go with Robert first. Robert, want to add anything to what you just heard at the end? Um, what are you, what are you thinking? Well, um, First, first, I'll touch on the health care. I love my care first coverage. I have the PPO coverage, and I have a myriad of health conditions that I genuinely need the benefits of care first. And, and I think that a lot of corruption comes from these doctor's offices and these hospitals that overcharge people for things. and and that they're dishonest about the billing. Because, for example, why why are you going to charge me $100 or so for an IV tube that you probably got from China for $0.50? Cents? Um, why, why are you charging me $500 a night for, at, a hotel, uh, at a hospital when I could go to a cheap hotel uh, for like 80 bucks or so a night. Well, actually, 120 considering the Beltway area is expensive. DC area is expensive. I mean, I think, I, I think a lot of it, and then also the federal government, you know, they have a big hand in this. Uh, the, the federal, if you ask someone from Canada what their healthcare looks like, uh, the hospitals are overcrowded because you can get doctor care. Uh, the, uh, you can, the, 
you can get doctor's care for anything from a simple wound to, uh, you know, it, it's just, uh, it, it's just ridiculous because people go to the hospital for a little scrape because it's free. So I think what needs to happen is now price controls are not an effective way to do it because all that does is hamper the manufacturers in producing meds that we actually need. But I don't know what the ideal solution is, but I do know that there's also a lot of dishonesty in the Medicare and Medicaid system. Uh, there, is, there are doctor's offices that bill twice for the same thing and have gotten caught. So it's, I think we have a multi- we have many different angles to this healthcare crisis, and there is no and there is no easy answer to it because really, I think the people in the system know the weeds better than we do, and it's going to take someone who does. I appreciate you, Robert. Thank you. Always dropping your flames. He has. He doesn't have just gems, guys. He has flames. He's a flamethrower. Baldi, um, go ahead. You're next, and Renee, and then Johnny. Anyway, um, listening to Kitty, I'm putting everything together of the things that are going that are happening here. Of course, the weapons. One thing, and if you remember well, Johnny. What the Nazis did uh, during the the fire at the Reichstag, talking about fire, <laughs> using fire for the wrong thing, that was one of their propagandas that they used to as an excuse to install themselves even further and go after people and bring out their their national police, the brown shirts. So they will always bring, and I, and I never really probably heard you talk about it, and don't blame me if I have, if I'm, I don't want to accuse you. Have you heard of the term? The Hegelian dialectic, and I don't mean that just as a philosophy, I mean the actual, actuality. The government causes, orchestrates a problem, and then people cry for a solution, for safety, for protection. And since the government orchestrated that, that problem, it did happen, kind of like 9-11. It did happen, like Sandy Hook. It did happen, like the attack on gays at the, at the, at the, at the club. Things like that. Those things happen. But they were orchestrated. Alex Jones, in this sense, that I won't give him too credit, but let's give him credit where it's due, did talk about all this. And other, others, I don't want to fall too much in conspiracy, but there is truth to this. Every time there's an attack, and this week there was an attack up there in D.C., Howard University. Some nut just started shooting, and then he killed himself. That's how cowardly he was. So they'll use all this situation from whether when Trump was in power, the Las Vegas incident that they covered up, I was a most likely an FBI agent. The truth is coming out. They'll use all these situations to, to, to cause horror, to kill people, to terrorize. So people will finally say, okay, I give up the guns here. Guns are evil. Okay. With by that same logic, if guns are evil, then every time somebody hits someone in the car while right driving on the street, all cars are evil. That's their logic. So we're going to get all cars off the street. Same problem, license that are that need licenses that need training, and that people have a right to one by the constitution, and the other one by state laws, the the right to drive. So what happens? Why are they treating them different? 
And what I'm saying with this is they'll cause all these situations to try to justify the gun grab, the Democrat Socialist Party gun grab, the, the somebody from your state, from the state of Texas, um, those running, I think, against Greg Abbott, what's his name, uh, Beto O'Rourke. He said when he was running at the national state in the, in the presidency, he was definitely going to go after the AR-15. So in his heart, I don't know why he lives in Texas, if he is from Texas. Why is he doing in a gun, in, in, a, in a state that, that appreciates the Second Amendment? If he's going to go gun, gun, gun grabbing. That's their attitude, whether they, they're silent about it or whether some horrific thing happens or whether there's a rise of crime. Instead of dealing with the evil person, they want to take away the law, the, 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 you know, take away the laws and the guns of law-abiding citizens. Hello? Right. Yeah, absolutely. That, that's so, true. And, so, it's, and, it's, and it's frustrating. Um, so, and I have to remind you a lot when you come on here. Um, I don't know. I this isn't a left. Wait one second. Um, this isn't a left versus right thing necessarily the republicans also mm-hmm. have put, uh, laws in the books that infringe on your second amendment rights uh they're just more sneaky about it they're not up there talking about i'm going to take your rights away i'm going to take your guns away now democrats tell you they're going to screw you republicans are sneaky about it so this is going on by both parties we have an oligarchy with two parties who've been doing this and taking turns screwing us back and forth with these elections so we have to make sure if we're going to solve this problem, like I said, in order to solve the problem, you have to point out what the problems are. And the problem is both parties. They tell you they, they love your guns, so you can keep your guns and all this stuff. But then they turn around and regulate behind your back. Almost all your favorite Republicans signed for um, red flag laws for your veterans. Y'all not know that? Matt Gates, Madison, all those people, a bunch of them signed those things. But yet they don't talk about it. The Democrats aren't going to report on it. And the Republicans aren't going to report on it. A few of us who are looking and watching them are going to report on it. It's not going to go viral either. So we have to hold each other accountable. You can't just keep, we can't just only point at Democrats. Democrats are bad. We know they're terrible. They're awful. But we, 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 we got to point at both sides about what's going on and what's been going on. The Republicans have been complacent too on all these things happening. When they get their power back, do they take away the crap the Democrats put in place? No, it stays there. And that's, that's one of the reasons, uh, Donnie, that as, you know, as the people of the United States were calling out their bullshit, because yes, it's true. There is things they do away. Of course, Biden came into power, executive order undid everything that Trump did that was good, including key, killing, uh, Keystone Pipeline and all that. But they gotta be called out, not only at the executive, they gotta be called out to, to, to for that. If they get in, in power, we don't have no more Mitt Romney's, we don't have no more uh, Murkowski's, we don't have no more, uh, Cole, I think it's the one from Maine, right? And we don't have people like that. We have a lot of rhinos. And, and I think even Mark Levent said it very clear. The Republican Party is a form of soft progressive. It's in there. It's silent. It tries to be nice, kind of like the have that silent attitude like Mike Pence. But like, at the end of the day, like it's... it's, it's, it's <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, at the end of the day, we got to remember one thing that you never mentioned, Donnie, and let's be honest. They all have allegiance to the Illuminati Freemason. There was a lot of symbolism, even when Mike Pence shake, shook hands as they dethroned Trump which he rightfully ha- had a right to this this presidency. And there was a lot of symbolism as as Mitch McConnell was talking. Somebody turned around and did the, the triangle. That's a sign of Horus, a sign of Satan. So they are more, they have their allegiance to those secret societies, like I told Phil and you last time. If that is not on the table, 
where those secret societies, kind of like what Francisco Franco did in Spain, unfortunately he was a dictator, uh, he did, he went after those societies, they have to be destroyed. No more Mr. Nice Guy. They have to be brought to the table as traitors. No Gitmo. Heads chop off. This is serious. It was done back, I think, in the 1600s, 1700s. In Bavaria, it has to be done again. Yeah, people have to be accountable. We have to pay consequences for our actions. During during a time of war, no, you don't. During a time of war, all is good. All is fair. That no, it's no, fair I, blood. I think that people do have, need to be held accountable for their actions. Yes, I'm agreeing. But but the, so, I understand. But but the problem is when you have courts, judges. Look, they wouldn't even see the evidence to overturn this election. They yeah. got too much control. And and you got judges, you got politicians, you got a presidency, you, you know, got people in power. I appreciate, the, I appreciate you, but I really please we gotta keep the time. I did ask you, and I, they've given you a lot of time to go. Okay. And I appreciate you. Um, now guys, I hate to have to say those kind of things. I, I, I don't like to have to say, hey guys, hey, time, you're next. Because I know we're excited and we want to talk about this stuff, but we have to be considerate of everybody else too. Um, so they can get out what they need to say and to hear the solutions too, because we are at almost 15 minute mark. Renee, uh, please go ahead and Johnny. Going once, going twice. Go, Johnny. Yeah, there you are. There you are. Yeah, there you <laughs> okay, so real quick, briefly, because I know you got to get out of here. So I'm going to try to, you're talking about solutions, right? Okay, so we, uh, I've established over the last couple of days that it's a matter of the spirit. And the question, the problem is, is that we have uh, three categories of people, in my opinion. Number one, uh, the kind of person that has a lot of information and a uh, an ideology that is firm in his ideology. Number two, the kind of person that doesn't have enough information. And number three, the person that has no information. So how do you get all three types of categories of persons to unite and to fight back? Well, uh, in my, my theory, my theory of solutions is a revolution. Uh, I, co- I agree completely that electoral politics is not going to do it. The only thing that's going to do it is to unite people under what's called first principles. And first principles, as Mersheimer said, is where liberal li- the liberals, which are the people who identify and emphasize the individual, which is the West, which is America, can agree. And I think that I've found three things that we can agree on, right? But it's not enough just to agree. Right. Whether uh, and what I'm talking about agreeing is right, left, and everybody in between. Everybody agrees on these three things, right? The the problem though is that it's not enough just to agree. You have to find the power to fight back. You know, you can have an agreement, and I'll give you a really quick of that example. Uh, Jack Uger, when he said we're going to use the Constitution, Article Five, to amend the Constitution to get money out of politics. And when he went to the courts, you know, the Supreme Court, the Supreme Court looked at him and seen all the signatures and said, yeah, yeah, I see that you got a bunch of signatures. I see that you even got five states petitioning the federal government for the state's rights, the Constitution's state's rights to amend the Constitution. And then he looked at him and he looked over his shoulder and he said, you and what army? Right. So we know that the federal government shits on us. Right. And that's clear. Right. Uh, what is difficult for me is that I understand macroeconomics properly. 
I understand that we as a people have more money than 15 Jeff Bezos laid, uh, you know, ne- lined up next to each other. Most people, when you ask them, you know, what about money? Do you understand money, where it comes from? You know, and they can't tell you, you know, uh, but the, so the solution, because it's brief, right? The solution is this. Number one, understand, first of all, educate everybody on what is neoliberalism, the actual argument, the actual person that we're fighting against. And that is that person that says, I have a right to my profits. The insurance companies that said uh, that says that I can raise prices. Sorry. All right, and no. lastly, and I'll and I'll close with this, and I'll close. With no, this. no, it's not that. It's like that whole thing what she had just talked about in this thing right. about the problem of being socialized instead of it being a free market. Because we had this discussion last time about um, you you talking about this as a solution. I do agree that we do need to have some kind of revolution, um, in a sense, to do what we need to do. But the but the pushing the whole still keep pushing the Medicare for all stuff after what Kitty said and um and after we've had some discussions I'm not really for sure what to say about anymore but like um I want to make sure we have some really concrete solutions well, up here too. Can I interrupt really quick? Can I ask you this? If we are mm-hmm. consistent, if we are consistent when we say that we are a republic, we are a republic by democratically elected means, correct? We discussed this in the last show too, Johnny. Okay. I, I All right. You. All right. That's cool, man. Hey, look, I don't but, want to take but, any more time. Thank you so much for the opportunity to speak. We'll leave it at that. Thank you. And I'm going to continue listening. You have a great show and I you love too. your perspective. Thank you. All right. Love yours too. All right. I Bye. appreciate it. So one thing too, guys, with this with these discussions, it's also about the education. If we don't like, if we, if we um, listen to respond and more so not listen to like actually get the information will come and so we'll say some of the same things the whole thing is like what kitty says like you have to get the education now we had a watch party i forgot that she said that at the very end of her show we we have a watch party listen to kitty and when i say really listen like really listen and think about what's going on here there's some things you made like you know what i didn't i don't really agree with kitty well she's telling you her experience of what happened to her and then how it felt and and the, and the consequences of those things. Why well, I don't think that we should be discussing solutions that didn't work over there for them um, necessarily either. I but I I get, you know, we we're trying to find solutions and we see something and it sounds like it may or may not work. Um, but I just I just I when, I when we have conversations, I feel like when we come back and repeat the same things that we discussed before about things that are because this is not this is the constitutionalists. Constitutionalists, we don't have Medicare for all. We, 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 and our we have a free market and this, our, our market has been socialized and that's why it's failing. So we had to look down and actually see what the actual problem is so we can actually fix it. I'm not for sure if Darcy's mic is working or not, but I'm going to go ahead and um, talk to you guys real quick about, and I didn't get my other link. Let me make sure I uh, put it in this box. This is the same link. Hold on. Yeah, I did the same link. Okay. So have you guys, Okay, my phone's being weird. Let me get this other link. Here we go. Copy. Got it. Let's put it in the chat. Have you guys ever heard of Elko County or or Lancer County in Nevada? Well, they deemed their counties as, um, but they shouldn't have to. They deemed their counties as constitutional counties. And so, therefore, they are governed by the Constitution. They're governed by the Bill of Rights. They're governed by our Declaration of Independence. And they live on the, on the, uh, the ideology of 
the life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness should not be infringed on and the people in their counties. There's been other counties that have jumped on doing that as well and been a part of that movement. I put the two articles discussing that in there. If we are able to convince our different counties, our sheriffs, to um, enforce laws that way, we wouldn't have all these, they wouldn't be enforcing unconstitutional laws. So when they decide to throw some unconstitutional laws on a book, law enforcement is not enforcing it because it's, it's against their oath. So we can carbon copy our own counties that way across the nation. That's really helpful. So I think that would help eliminate a lot of the fear people have in standing up for themselves. And when they, when it's time to actually act on a solution, they, they know that their sheriff has their back. They know that their law enforcement has their back. And it's not just about, um, the, just whatever corruption is going on. Now, is that going to be hard? That might take some, um, is that going to be some elections? Cause you have to, you know, you let your sheriff. It's just the election system doesn't really work that well. But can you convince you? Do you have a good sheriff? Some counties may already have a good sheriff. They just don't realize this is an option they can do. Or they just haven't just thought about doing it this way because that's not how they were trained. That's not how, you know, you know, you were, you were thought and conditioned when you grew up how it's supposed to be. So I, I believe that we should be, a lot of us should be having um, conversations with our sheriffs. And if our sheriffs can't get down with it, then you're like, well, I guess you won't be getting our support next time around. Either you're going to do this for our for our, our county for our people for our rights oh you're not so i actually sent that uh, solution over to um the sheriff of tate county um and at those articles as well and uh, giving him an idea um of what he can do to solve the problem that they're having and we'll see if he'll take it on i, I called him up from a voicemail i sent him that i also sent it to their state senator in that area um mcdaniel I'm sorry, McDaniel, he's a state senator for Mississippi. So uh, doing things like that, um, trying to help people. See, I'm, I'm not in Mississippi, I'm in Texas, but me trying to help from over here, over there, doing things like that for each other. Imagine if it was like, you know, a hundred of us who was emailing that sheriff, that information in a small county like that. It would be kind of like pressure. And if, imagine if all of his people in that county messaged him and said, this is how we want our county to be. But we, if we sit there and do nothing, nothing's going to happen and nothing will get done. Um, so, like I said, and also doing things when you see infringements happening to other people in other communities, we go and help them if we can. We have the time, if we're able to, go do it. Go help them. Be a part of that. And because they don't see I'm not alone. I got backup. I got people who's here for me. And so vice versa, if it happens to you, they're, they're going to come and help you because that's what patriots are going to do. So that's one solution. Darcy, did you have any solutions you want to share? Is your mic work, work, uh, working? I don't think so, because I think as soon as I start speaking, when I can't hear a mic, then her mic comes on and it goes off. So I'm going to go ahead and close this out in the anthem. Um, definitely look in your counties. You guys talk to your shares. How many people are left in here right now? Twelve folks. Um, you probably don't all live in the county, but there's 12 of y'all who can talk to your counties and try to do that with your counties. This is not like some kind of, um, what well, it's not, uh, what is that sovereign um, citizen thing? Nothing like that. That's you fixing your county and, and asking them to govern the way they're supposed to do, do it. You can get a bunch of people together and Hey, y'all might be able to get a thousand people together. And then you guys come over to your sheriff and say, this is what needs to happen. Or we're making sure you're not getting reelected. We'll find someone who will get it done. Elections, there's cheating and all that good stuff. But man, 
at least they'll try with numbers. But there's other ways. When they're when they're not upholding your, they're they're not keeping their oath. Your constitution already says they can be removed. If they're no longer representing you. So since Darcy's mic isn't working, I'm gonna go ahead and close this out in the anthem. Um, definitely a big solution we can do to take on what's going on here. Government's gotten way too big federally. Statewide has a bunch of um, agencies and governments that were of non-elected officials and creating and enforcing laws that are not allowed. They're unconstitutional. Instead of being afraid, put on your armor of God, right? Trust in him. Turn to him. He's got us. Come on. Think about all those, the, the wars that were won. He was a whole bunch of people. It was a few people. At one point, a couple of times, it was one person who saved the, their, their people, their nation. So have faith in God. All right, you guys. I love you guys. God bless you. You guys have a good night. And I will talk to you guys at 7.30 p.m. Central Standard Time about um, democracy versus constitutional republic. Bye. Oh, wait. Hold on. I have to change my sound setting. <laughs> Just kidding, guys. Un momento, por favor. One second. Do, 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 do. I was kidding. Um, Yeah. Because I wasn't. I had the sound thing off. Okay, let me turn it back on. Man, trying to learn how to do this whole um, sound engineer stuff is by your, you know, Flamethrower and Robert, he's been helping me a lot with it. But sometimes it's just some, I'm a rookie. <laughs> so here we go. Let's see if it works now. We hold these truths to be self evident that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and Pursuit of happiness. And to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. That whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it and to institute new government, laying its foundation on such principles and organizing its powers in such form as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness. Prudence, indeed, will dictate that governments long established should not be changed for light and transient causes, and accordingly all experience hath shown that mankind are more disposed to suffer, while evils are sufferable, than to right themselves by abolishing the forms to which they are accustomed. But when a long train of abuses and usurpations, pursuing invariably the same object evinces a design to reduce them under absolute despotism. It is their right, it is their duty, to throw off such government and to provide new guards for their future security. You're tuning into The Constitutionalist with Donnie the Dog. You'll be political property. Be free.